All right. Well, get out of my dreams. Oh, no, get no, into no, my car. Yes, we are. This way. Yes, we are. We definitely. There's are eventually going to be intro music at some point once I find something I like and get it in there. But until then, that'll no. just have to do. No. And welcome to episode five of the Cold Beer and Cool Movie podcast. I apologize to everyone for that intro. My name is Dustin. My name is Lakeisha. And we are here to talk about our next movie in our in our little podcast experiment here which this week was Baby Driver, which is why I sang that song. I'll explain why I chose that song later, a little something at the end. Uh, and before, every, every week we talk about a different movie that we have seen, whether in a theater or whether at home, and you know, crack open a nice uh, craft beer to have while we do so, because we live in Oregon and it's like state mandated that you gotta be a fan of uh, microbreweries. That's true, that's and, true. And we certainly both are, so before we get to the movie, let's, uh, let's get into our beer. So I am having, a, it is called the Emotional Rescue Double IPA from a brewery called Crazy Mountain Brewing, which is in Colorado. I looked up a little bit of information about them. They got a couple of breweries, like one in Denver and one around Aspen. They claim to make, uh, during the course of a year, they make 100 different beers that they'll either put in bottles or kegs or have it on draft. And they sell them to 22 different states and nine different countries. And it looks like all of their bottles have some sort of weird anthropomorphic animal on them. Like this one has a dog with maybe a dog's head and body with human arms and frog legs. Or maybe there's a beaver tail on it too. It's, uh, it's very strange. And the beer itself is a little too sweet for my taste when it comes to IPAs, but it's still not bad. It is a double IPA, though. Yeah. Double IPAs are a little bit sweeter. Yeah, 150 IBUs, mm -hmm. which is, that stuff is like, I think it's like sunscreen. Once you pass like 100, it really doesn't do you any more good. Kind of like how sunscreen, you know, when you hit a certain number of SPF, it's not supposed to really be any more protective for you. Okay. That's a great metaphor by me. Anyway, you're drinking. I am drinking the multi-ball double IPA from Bridgeport Brewing. Mm -hmm. um, it is, um, it's pretty good. It's a double IPA. It's pretty hoppy. Not too bad though. I, uh, 87 IBUs. Um, you know, I... We had that at the baseball game we went to the other night. That is true. When we went and saw the Hillsborough Hops. It was pretty good. That's uh, in Bridgeport is a portland brewery brewery i believe they refer to themselves they claim to be oregon's original craft brewery i believe is what it says on like their marketing materials sure i don't believe that but no. okay okay have you ever been there isn't their place down in the pearl district yes i have yeah fun fact okay that i love those is where um one of my favorite series uh leverage Oh right, the TV in show. The final yeah. Season, they relocated oh really? To Is that where that was? I knew they relocated to Portland. I didn't realize it was in Bridgeport. Well, Brewing. also fun fact, uh, they filmed in Portland for most of their series. I think they actually moved here in season like three or four. Oh, but they claimed they pretended they were in Chicago. Correct. Okay, and then they decided to just you know stop putting putting up those pretenses and say we're actually setting it in Portland now too. Yes, that was and pretty so cool. They yeah. were actually filming at the Bridgeport Brewing. And that's neat. So anytime we watch one of those reruns, that'll be neat to know. Yep. Okay, anything else about your beverage? Nope. Okay. And if you find Crazy Mountain Brewing in like the bottles, I highly suggest looking at the labels because they are bizarre. 
Anyway. Okay, so the movie this week was Baby Driver, a movie that I wanted to see maybe a little bit more than you did. Uh, I, yes. It, it is safe to say that we went to go see this movie together mm-hmm. because you wanted to go see it. Which is surprising to me because I, I mean, it's by a director that we both really like. That is true. And I remember when I first saw the first trailer for it, I was like, oh, this looks so cool. I can't wait to show it to Lakeisha because she'll love it too. And then, to my surprise, you were very, I don't know, nonplussed or didn't, like, very whatever. I was underwhelmed. And I will say I was underwhelmed uh, just because, A, I was kind of surprised that you wanted to see it so bad. Because, as we will get into for various reasons, it kind of was like a transporter, the movie The Transporter-esque type of vibe. Um, And, which is a movie I enjoyed. But I know you did not. Uh, so I think part of me was just really skeptical about why we were going to see it if essentially it was just a remake. Well, that's very easily answered because it's, as in my opinion, it is nothing like The Transporter and there's no way any sort of remake of that film. Well, I know it's all. not a remake, but that's what it appeared to be. Okay. All right. Well, uh, before we get into the movie, for anybody listening, you know, we don't hold back on spoiler stuff. Like we'll talk about details, plot details, anything and everything. Uh, so spoiler alert. I hate saying that. It's just so tired. And if anyway. you haven't figured out by episode five that we're totally going to talk about right. details in the movie, um, you might want to go back to, to episode one <laughs> first. <laughs> Correct. And uh, all right. And what we do is we each have thought of like the three favorite parts or the coolest parts of the movie and we go back and forth talking about those before we get into some other stuff and since i i think you went first last time anyway but since also this was kind of the movie that i was wanting to go to you okay with me going first go for it all right well first off is the first thing in the movie the opening sequence uh, the first is you know baby driver is about the guy who was like drives a getaway car you know is like the very basic uh you know description of the main character and the first job that he's on with the people that he's in how it like uh it's just so much fun you know and there's a lot of music in this pop music in this uh movie and and it's almost some of the action sequences are almost set to the music no not almost set they are set well some of them are some of them more i think overtly than others but it's not it's all but it's all done very well so it's not does it come off as like campy or like they're trying to make some sort of ridiculous musical um but like yeah it's a, the first opening sequence it does a good it's, it's a lot of fun you get to see what the it explains everything you need to know about the lead character what type of guy he is you know the the bad people go in to rob the bank and he stays in the car and he is just rocking out to whatever that song was and it is so funny and it also lets you know that you know he's not you know that maybe he he doesn't care a ton for what everything that's going on without overtly saying you know that I don't want to actually be part of the violence or the part of the robbery, you know because he always he always seems to move the car into a place where he can't see what's going on because he doesn't want to see the violence that's happening when they're robbing the bank. He watches them and then he like sees it and he turns he just looks away he doesn't move the car. He does in a different one. He in does a move different scene, er, but not a different in the scene, opening scene, but not in the opening scene. And then, and then, so it's uh, him, uh, Anson Elgore is Baby Driver, John Hamm, who's a great actor. I forget the woman's name, um, who is his girlfriend, who's also one of the 
heisters. And then uh, the third one, the fourth one that's in that scene is John John Barenthal, the Punisher, whom I've met in my personal friend, John Barenthal. He's a very nice man. Over-exaggerating. I've met him. He's very tiny. But anyway, that opening scene and then the chase... Uh, you know, with the with the red Subaru that they're in is really well done. It's super cool. Uh, I don't know, just it sets the perfect tone for the movie. It lets you know, you know, kind of the fun you're in for. So that was one of my favorite parts of the movie for sure. I had a big smile on my face, you know, throughout that whole thing. Yeah, I really appreciated. Um, my my favorite thing about it was definitely the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. The music is really good. Um, I appreciated, I liked that um, Baby, because of course that's his name, um, <laughs> does, he actually does set the heist to music, because he does it later on in two other um, oh, heists, where he's got his soundtrack set up, his song set up, and that's why he has to stop in the second right. one and that's be like, right. wait, wait, I forgot wait, wait, about wait, that. wait, gotta restart my music. He makes the other criminals not leave the car until he starts the song over. Right? Didn't that happen? Yes. So I just, I really appreciated that. I thought it was really clever um, that he literally had everything timed to his music. Um, and so then that was just fun. And, mm-hmm. and the thing I liked most about the opening scene is that he's singing along with it. Like he's sitting there and he's very stoic. And then his music starts and he just starts jamming in the car, yeah. which, you know, and I think he's supposed to be in his early 20s. Um, totally seems like it would be something that's legit for him to be doing. And I, I liked it a lot. thought that was really good. Uh, uh, so, yeah, that was my number one. Yeah. The, and the and one other thing I want to say about the music is I don't think I really knew hardly any, very many of the songs that they used. I mean, I've, I mean, I know all sorts of Queen songs, but there's a Queen song in that soundtrack that I've never heard before in my life. So that was pretty cool. It was all fun music, and even though I didn't know very much of it personally. Uh, My next favorite thing I think I want to mention is, um, so Baby lives with a foster parent. He has a foster dad, and I really love their... Like uh, their relationship together, mm-hmm. they're very, that and because you know if you see if you see foster parents in in movies and TV shows, they're typically not portrayed as the best people. In my recollection, in my you know from in my memory, it doesn't seem like they are. But this foster parent is a good dude. He cares very much for uh, for a baby. Uh, he's a uh, he's deaf. Like you know, both characters are supposed to have. Well, baby has a hearing issue, but he's not deaf. This guy's you know. They, they communicate by sign language. And, um, and apparently that's, that guy isn't acting. That actor is for real, deaf in real life. So that's pretty neat that he, you cool. know, that he got a role. And, um, and yeah, just their relationship together was, a little, you know, it was, it was very enjoyable, pretty funny. And uh, really, you know, made, made when, when stuff happened later in the film, you actually kind of worried for, for the characters then it was not a, it was not a surface level thing just oh here's his you know parent or guardian or what have you so right. i really like those two together um yeah no i thought that was a those were that was a touching relationship yeah so. um my second thing is i this was a hard one for me because again the movie was enjoyable 
in terms of favorite things that was hard for me to come up with. I know. But um, my favorite thing was definitely, uh, I also really liked Kevin Spacey. Oh, he's But great. again, I like almost everything with Kevin Spacey in it. I mm-hmm. can't think of, off the top of my head, a show that Kevin Spacey has been in that I have not wanted to see or that I've not it thoroughly enjoyed. And so, yeah, I mean, his character is kind of sleazy. Um, I, like that he, I like that he brings his nephew to go <laughs> I forgot about that um, scope out their heist at the post office. That and was so, so good. I forgot about that. It's very clear that, that like, oh. this is not the first time he's taken his nephew to do that. So oh, yeah. Baby and, and the kid walk in and he's the like... The kid does most of the work. Hey, and tells everything that it is. Um, <laughs> so I just enjoyed that because, I mean, what kind of arrogance does it take for a character to be like... All right, not only do I have like all of these crews working for me mm-hmm. in this criminal enterprise, but I'm so shameless, I will go ahead and just bring my nephew to help scope out the areas. That was I enjoyed I enjoyed his character. I enjoyed that scene. It was very good. Yeah, Kevin Spacey was great. He is really good in that. Uh, I th- I struggled to think of what I wanted to choose for my last thing because we covered it. A lot because you know you mentioned the music you know which was another favorite thing of mine and how it was used uh kevin spacey's great um jamie fox is in this as a real crazy person but i didn't really want to use that but he does a good job yeah He's yeah very good you know there's a quick aside his name is known his character is known as bats and i felt so stupid that it wasn't until the end of the movie that i noticed they had a tattoo of a bunch of bats on his neck I did, <laughs> I did not notice that until almost towards the end of the movie. Oh, that's funny. So what I will say is one of my favorite um, things is kind of like all the different car chase sequences. What I liked was that they are all cars. They all used vehicles that I've seen on the road. There was no, nobody had a Lamborghini, Ferrari, souped up crazy muscle car, hot rod tank. Or some any sort of weirdness. It was all. I feel like that was a thinly veiled reference. Oh, it wasn't to the thinly fate veiled. Of the Furious. A total shot across the bow, of a CGI submarine. Anyway, but yeah, but 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 to be honest, it, that made it, and it made it fun. And also, um, when we watched it, I was like, you know, I wonder if it looked like they didn't like use any, like CGI or they like they didn't. They, they didn't. Yeah, I saw that. You probably saw it on IMBD, IMDb, like I did. They used all the car chase stuff was all done practically. There's no CGI. It was all done, as they say, in camera, and it shows. And it's really fun and it's really cool. All the car chase stuff, super awesome. Um, that was my third thing that I really liked about the movie was the car chase scenes and the, mm-hmm. the way the driving was done. Which again, it cracks me up that you say that you liked that part because. I can think of several other movies that I've enjoyed because of the car chase scenes mm. um, that you absolutely dislike. The Transporter, the Fast and the Furious series, um, the movie Drive, um, like the good one with uh, Ryan Gosling. I like that movie. Yeah. You know, like, um, so, I mean, they've all got these really good car chase scenes in it. And I thought this these guys um, also did a really good job with the car chase scenes in Baby Driver. And I mm-hmm. thought, um, and I really appreciated the fact that, again, that the driving was actually done, that it wasn't CGI, that it wasn't against a green screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, so they, they actually were having to drive the streets of Atlanta. Yeah, for sure. So. 
And um, one other thing I wanted to mention, not necessarily as a favorite thing, or no, we'll just leave that. We'll get that back to that later. So we've done each of our three things. This is now the next part of the podcast. So generally, we talk about the, anything about the movie we maybe didn't like a lot, and which isn't a ton for me, really. A couple of things character-wise, you know, we talk a lot about uh, women, female representation in film. Yeah. And, you know, this movie, you know, isn't great with that. There's really only two female characters. One of them is the ostensible girl he falls for that he wants to run off with. And... Deborah. That's right. With De- an O. With an O. And a waitress that he falls for and is kind of like, you know, his, who he pines for through the whole movie... And then the other one is uh, John Hamm's girlfriend, gangster girlfriend, right? Um, who uh, you know, well, she gets to go out in a blaze of glory, though. I mean, she gets to fire some guns, right? But is there a single scene in that entire movie where she's not draped all over John Hamm? I mean, don't get me wrong, like yeah. being draped over John Hamm would be you know a great thing for a girl. <laughs> I will defer but, to you, um, but that's like all she does. Yeah, that is her character. So, I will say this about everybody. What another thing I really, now that we're talking about it, comes to mind is all. No one's an idiot. There's no, like everyone's a smart, you know, person. There's usually at least one just oafish, you know, just, you know, no one can possibly that be that stupid character, you know. But everybody is in their own way, you know. They do what uh, they do well. Yes. So and, yeah, I agree. And There's not rampant incompetence happening no. in this movie, which did lead me to it's one scene I really, really liked. Um, and that kind of thinking back, I was like, "Wow, that was a really insightful scene," and it didn't, it didn't answer all the questions. Was the scene where they they are sitting in the diner, and it's Jamie Fox and John Hamm and his girlfriend, and again, see, we don't even pass like the minimum female like character thing like i don't even know her name mm-hmm. um but and then and baby and they're sitting there and bats basically does this analysis of john ham and his right. girlfriend's relationship and, and who they are and what, what they their do. pasts were and and the only hint that you get about whether or not it's right or wrong is how still is John their Hamm's reaction character begin yeah. like gets which is like to me that like perfect like that that signals really great acting when you oh, yeah. convey a lot by not doing something yeah. no, and yeah. so i just thought that when you talk about you know nobody's nobody's stupid in this movie that's what i that's a piece that i liked i liked that you know You've got Jamie Foxx's character, who's just kind of over the oh. top and crazy, and, and but he makes and while he's in, like insane, he, yeah. his moves are very logical and insightful. He, according to his, the way his mind works, it makes sense to that character to do those things. Well, right, even but I mean, just not. like he fire, he knows that those are cops mm-hmm. because he's he recognizes a guy who busted him a number of years ago, so he responds. As in, oh my God, we're in a sting. Like right. he doesn't know that it, that that they're corrupt or that mm-hmm. that is what's happening. Um, but he's that smart and like he recognizes what's happening and he responds. And then he sits in that diner and his analysis of those other characters and who they might be. 
right. is just really, really impressive. It is. Um, and so I liked that scene. That scene was pretty good. It's a, it's really good um, storytelling when you can, like, you know, they're able to convey that sort of information without having to hold your hand. With, you know, Correct. You know, a lesser movie, Jamie Foxx would have gone on that little soliloquy, and then John Hamm would have returned in kind by saying, by confirming it all, by saying, yep, I was this, you right. know, blah, blah, blah. How did you know? How did you know? Something. something, yeah. Something eye-rolly. And, right. uh, you know, uh, but... And uh, what I will say about uh, about the the women in the in like the I looked it up while you were talking, her character's name was Darling. Of course, it was. but remember everybody had a code name. Like John Hamm's character's name was Buddy, and he even mentions you know that's not my real name. Remember right. we all use code names. Uh, the actress name is Elsa Gonzalez. Okay. And um, but about the and the woman the actress who was the waitress who played Deborah Lily James is her name. I just looked that up too because I couldn't remember. But to her credit, you know. Uh, she does great with what they give her to do, which isn't it other than being the charming waitress. Other than being the love interest. Well, that's why I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about other movies this year, where you know there's supposed to be a romantic interest where the characters we didn't feel they had any real chemistry. You know, the Mummy with Tom Cruise and British blonde lady, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and even Guardians of the Galaxy with Chris Pratt and Zoe Saldana. They're supposed to be into each other, and we both felt that we didn't really see, we didn't feel right. the chemistry between them, which is, I feel, not the case in this movie. I totally bought that those two youngsters were into each other, and that that's what they wanted was to, like, you know, they talk about, you know, drive, driving off into the sunset in a car they can't afford, yeah. you know. And I totally bought that. That was what made it kind of fun, you know, that that was an actual, you know, you know there was some rom- romance in that movie. There was a little... Real, real chemistry I felt between them. Yeah, and, I will say that I just wasn't impressed. Like when we talk about things that we didn't really like about it, I didn't really like that romance. Like I got it; it was like what was needed for the plot. But yeah, um, yeah it just—I don't know. I just kind of rolled my eyes at it, and huh. they've known each other for like a week. And maybe yeah, young love, and Come they're on. like willing to. She's willing to just drop everything and go with him. It just, it just seemed really silly. So um, that was not something I appreciated. That I really enjoyed about the movie. And there were lots. There were other things that were a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, just the lack of depth in in who Deborah was, other than yeah. just. A lost soul who was holding down a waitress job till she found what she wanted, and really all she wanted was baby. I mean, it just it, that lack of depth mm. in character really just kind of let me. I don't I, think it, it was. I don't think it was okay. I don't feel it was as bad as all that. I mean, it would have been nice if they would have given her more than what they did, but I still think the actress's performance uh, she did really well. And was great with what they gave her to do. And the chemistry between her and Baby, I still feel, was quite good. The best we've seen in a movie so far, I feel, as far as romantic you know, interests go. Um, oh, and we talked about before how nobody in this film's an idiot. I take that back. Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers is in this movie. <laughs> and yes. he is not a smart man And he is movie. an idiot, yes. <laughs> This is a Halloween mask. Oh, God. Yeah, the that whole, like, you, you all need to be, uh, what was it that they needed to be? 
They all had to be Michael Myers. Michael Myers, and so they he went and bought the actor. Yeah, from Michael the Myers. Aust- from the Mike from the Austin Powers movie, he bought right. Austin Powers masks. And they because were meant- it was Michael Myers, right? And they meant Michael Myers from the Halloween horror movies. Yeah, that scene this. was pretty entertaining. That was pretty funny. So, um, okay, anything else you didn't really like about the movie? Um, yeah, I don't think so. I think um, I you know watching the trailers, I thought it would be funnier than it was, and it makes you laugh, you know. Uh, it is more a fun movie than it is a funny movie, if that makes Agreed. sense. Yes. So um, so maybe just like an expectations thing. After watching the trailers, I was like, oh, I'm going to laugh. There's going to be a bunch of like funny bits and jokes or whatever. And there's not really. There's some here and there that are good. There isn't a joke that doesn't land. Uh, but yeah, it is not necessarily laugh out loud funny, but it is a very fun movie to watch. Um so we already talked about uh, anything else for you though as far as stuff you didn't um not really I think overall I mean it's an entertaining movie it's totally um good for a laugh it's good for you know for kind of the action sequence Mm -hmm. there just wasn't there were a lot of opportunities for depth to that movie and layers that would have been really cool Mm -hmm. but um and they kind of hinted at that like who what does Kevin Spacey's character do that he's got all these threads and all these fingers like who is he what does he do in real life um you know like what who are um the different he always brings different people together for the job like Mm -hmm. what do they do outside of that you know there were lots of hints which were really good but overall um the movie just wasn't very deep I mean it went as deep as a you know two star-crossed lovers who'd known each other for a week and, um, well, the movie's about them, though. They're not about those other people. So, I, I know. But it says something that I found the other characters more interesting oh. than that particular plot line. Respectfully um, disagree. Well, we each have our opinions. So, but overall, it was it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm a music geek. I like soundtracks. Um, I like the way that they kind of walk through the movie and with Baby having music playing all the time so he has a soundtrack to Mm. his life and to what he's doing uh and i really connected with that just because i feel like i always have a song in the back of my brain that is playing and i'm like a little radio station and so it it was fun to see his the soundtrack to his life as he put that together um but ultimately as entertaining as it was uh you know it was it was okay it was good. It was fun. But it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say... I, don't, I think it's. I think it was very good. Um, makes made me really happy to see it. Uh, made me uh, smiling the entire time. It's really fun. I think, also think maybe it was quite possibly the perfect palate cleanser before we see like the next big like blockbuster like superhero movie. Correct. That's what I feel. Um, also... Well, I guess, you know, we saw the last movie we saw was John Wick, which was a little heavier. I mean, both back-to-back crime movies, I guess. A little different as, uh, I looked it up, in this movie there's a body count of 14, according right. to IMDb. IMDb. In John Wick, volume, vol- John Wick Chapter 2, there was like 116. Yeah. So, slight difference in the levels of violence. Um, what else? Oh, so I started off singing uh, 
uh, at the top of the podcast, I sang uh, the chorus to um, Get Out of My Dreams, Get Into My Car by Billy Ocean. And I predicted, because before we went and saw this movie, when I was at work listening to music, that song came on over my phone, uh, and there is a lyric in that song where, he, where Billy Ocean actually refers to someone as Baby Driver. And I was like, well, that must have been where he got the idea, or the title, or whatever. We're going to hear that song. And you do not hear that song because that. it is actually a title of a song from um, Simon and Garfunkel. Right. I, I've never heard of that song before, but that's where the title comes from. Uh, so that's not, but you figured it had to be something to do with music as to why they would give him such a ridiculous name. And plus, like, throughout the movie, you know, he's always like, your name, everybody was like, really? Your name's Baby? B-A-B-Y. Yep. That was, a, that was kind of funny. Especially at the end when he calls the diner, you know, to, you know. Tell her baby's coming. Oh my god. B A B Y. I so <laughs> had a flashlight, like a flashback to nobody puts baby in a quarter. Oh man. I mean, just, it was that level of, of drama. I know. That made me laugh. Um, also, uh, so referring back to our, uh, I said, my friend John Barenthal. So uh, he is only in that first sequence. Correct. And when he walks away, uh, like everybody, the job is over. Everyone split up their money, and he walks away and says goodbye to everybody. And he says, "If y'all don't see me again, I guess that means I'm dead." And you don't see him again. Guess that means he's guess dead. Guess that means, yeah. I didn't even think about that. There we go. Yeah. Um, and that seems like a really great note to end this po- podcast. You think so? I mean, a little bit morbid, but hey, if they don't hear from us again, I guess that means we're dead. Oh, we're not going to end that way then. <laughs> oh my goodness, no. So one of us is more morbid than the other, and remarkably, okay. So I want to hear it though. It is not the person who likes the horror movies. That's true. That's weird. So, but I do want to ask, uh, get into this a little bit before we go. So you've multiple times now compared this movie to the Transporter. I will ask simply explain. Why, why do you think it's... Okay. How is it comparable? So there's a couple of things. Okay. One, everything is timed to the minute. In the transporter, he has like the entire escape and a, like plan, how much fuel they need, how long it's going to take to do each leg of the journey. And mm-hmm. if you exceed that, you know, like he plans every detail down to the minute, right? And baby times the entire um, escape to his song to like everything is choreographed to that to the point where they actually have to point that out in the movie when he's like wait 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 I gotta restart my song okay go you know like Mm -hmm. he so you know so that there's parallels there between the two Um, he is nothing but the driver in the heist so again what is the transporter but nothing but the driver. He's just hired to like transport people or goods. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so those were just a couple of the really, really obvious ones that were there. Uh, so I just, I think that um, they did some unique things with this movie, but it is not always, you know, but I just saw those parallels in terms of there's very cool cartoon scenes in some of these other movies too mm-hmm. uh, and I just saw that kind of overall parallel a guy who's really good at driving a car so his job is to drive a car villains 
you know. Well, the movie, this movie also explains why he is. It doesn't explain why he's such a great driver. It just explains that he is a good driver. You don't need and that, And it explains though. how he hooks up and gets involved in the crew. Right. Um, but anyway, so that, those were just a couple of the, the similarities that I saw. All right. As brief rebuttal, I feel why it's nothing like The Transporter is The Transporter is just a straight-up action movie. With I mean, Jason Statham as I recall, does like a flying leg kick, kicks open a door at some point. I'm sure he is a, does a, some martial arts. That is a pretty amazing scene. So we're just going to not criticize that I'm scene. not criticizing the scene. I'm saying that that doesn't exist in Baby Driver. Baby Driver is not an action hero. He's not, he doesn't know, do martial arts. He doesn't punch anybody. It's, I'm saying that they're just very different films. They're different genres. Different themes. Um, so... So what would you classify Baby Driver as? That's that's a good question. I don't know. It's very tough. It's ah. very... I mean, I wouldn't call it an action movie, would you? Yes, absolutely. Oh. I would not. So. It's a... Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it crosses a few different genres. Um, but yeah, it's just a straight-up action movie like The Transporter. I, uh, I would disagree with that. Also, just... I don't know. The biggest problem I have with movies like The Transporter... Go ahead. Keep the, going. For, I'm listening. With the transporter and uh, like the Fast and the Furious, it's not. It's not like the the car stuff. It's when the people start talking. Those movies when the people start talking, the dialogue's horrible, and I stop caring. I don't care what they jump their car over because I don't care about those people because they're talking like someone wrote their dial like a twelve year old wrote their dialogue. Or this movie is a lot more clever where that's involved. The people are saying more interesting things, therefore they're more interesting. And I like that movie a lot better than any of those. So that's my that is why I say that there that this movie is nothing like something like the Transporter. We shall agree to disagree on that point. Okay. All right. Well, but you did like it. It was entertaining. Okay. So uh, next week, I I don't know if we might not we might have to take a week off because we've got some family stuff coming up. We're going to be out of town. Uh, the next movie is going to be Spider-Man, I believe, in all likelihood, right? Makes sense. Yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming will probably be our next movie, whether we actually get it watched and get a podcast recorded um, next week, we'll see. It might, we might, ha- might end up having a week off because of family, uh, family stuff. But otherwise, I think that'll do it for Baby Driver. Uh, and, yes, it um, will. And if you don't see us again, it's going to be dead. <laughs> Incorrect. We're fine. We're totally fine. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's uh, that's it. Uh, thank you again for doing this with me, sweetie. As always, I very much appreciate it. All okay. Right. Until next week. Hey, go see a movie.